0: Welcome to Maximum Mom with Elise Buey, where you'll hear from women who are navigating the same messy journey as you. Lawyering, entrepreneurship, and mothering what a trifecta! We're here to share tips. Resources, wins, losses, and encouragement for moms who are raising a family while building a law firm, so you feel less alone in your journey toward a fulfilling career and being the best mom you can be. Hey, good morning. We're here with the Maximum Mom podcast, and I am here with Carol Williams this morning. Welcome. Hello, hello. And I have to just apologize to everyone. Obviously I'm outside. We have contractors like just absolutely making more noise than I thought was possible. I was like, Oh, I'm sure I can just ignore your noise. It'll be fine. And after I was on an interview with somebody and he was like, what is that? I'm like, that would be the drill. I think they're ripping out cabinets. It's like one of those movies where they're just like destroying things, having too much fun. I think. And I actually, I can't hear any of that.
1: So wherever you are is working.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, I so, hear you. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad you joined me today. I really appreciate you being here with me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so excited too. Well, I always like to start, tell us about your
1: family. Who are you living with? Sure. Where do you live? And we'll start there. So I am in currently in sunny South Florida, where I want to be for the rest of my life, which is a big thing for me to say, because I've moved a lot. I live with my husband and my mom, and uh, my dad and my brother, who I'm both super close with, live in New Jersey. So I haven't seen them in a little over a year, but they are definitely part of my my close-knit little fam. So yeah.
0: Wow. That's far
1: away. Now, did you live in New Jersey as well at some point? No, I've never lived in New Jersey. My brother and I are best friends, and we've always joked that no city or state could ever really handle us living together like that <laughs> like they just wouldn't really be able to handle it because <laughs> we are we are a ton of fun and a hot mess when we're together so i've never lived that. in new jersey but i've lived in so we grew up in connecticut he's in jersey because he went to school he went to college in new jersey oh. and then did a brief stint down here in florida and then went back up to like the jersey new york area so he's a real estate agent in new york city cool so That's he's in awesome. new jersey mm-hmm. now
0: is he older or younger than you
1: he is absolutely older, but I am a way cuter. That's what I like to say.
0: Oh, I'm
1: sure that's true. <laughs> yeah, he's he's older, but yeah, we're, he were, we're five years apart. But he is he is my best friend on the planet.
0: Oh, that's so lucky. I just love that. I think the sibling relationship is such an amazing one. I mean, I have worked so hard to encourage my kids to understand the importance of that and, you know, really having each other's backs Mm -hmm. through the years. And I love seeing them, you know, do things together. I just think the sibling relationship, you share such history. I mean, that nobody else gets, you
1: know? You know, my parents always told us whenever we were bickering over, you know, like a toy or what to watch on the television, my mom was like, listen, either you two figure it out or I'm going to figure it out for you. She's (laughs) like, but at the end of the day, it's always going to be you two against the world. So figure it out. So I don't have to do it for you. And we were like, Oh, and I was like, okay, I win. We're watching Sesame street, you know, (laughs) whatever it was. (laughs) I I
0: love that. But I think your mom is dead on. Yeah. I think that is it is. I mean, siblings you think of I know in my work, I mean, I see siblings come together dealing with family law issues or estate planning. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it truly is them against the world, you know, or them figuring out how are we going to care for our parents or what are we going to do? And those families where the siblings just don't get along, it's one of the sadder things to watch these yeah. destructive kind of relationships go down and you're like, ugh, you know, something went awry during yeah. those Sesame Street battles because <laughs> this is not how it should look.
1: No, that's true. But yeah, I don't I can't like we've always been close. Like we never had a period of time where we didn't get along or where we didn't talk or anything. Like I remember calling him from high school because I was in a boarding school. I remember calling him and telling him that I got into college and he said, hold, please. I need to put the phone down. And he put the phone down and then he came back like five minutes later. and, And I was like, are you done? And he goes, I had to do my happy dance. I had to do my happy dance. So like we've just always been super close. He drove up from Jersey to Connecticut, then drove back to Philly so that I could see the school and stay. you know, he, he had friends in the area. He's like, well, I don't need to see you, you know, for the weekend or whatever. So he dropped me off with a girlfriend who had been in my high school the year before she was a year ahead of me. And so I hung out with her and saw the school all weekend. He was with another friend, like, and I saw him again when he picked me up and dropped me back off at school. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: so, uh, so lucky. Well, I can't wait for you to be able to see your father and your
1: brother soon. I Hopefully, I literally can't wait. And my dad is super super particular he doesn't really like anybody else cutting his hair but me but mind you i've never lived in new jersey so when i lived in dc in virginia area i would drive up at least once a month and i'd you know and then i'd cut his hair and stuff so now he's had to have other he's had to have a few other people cut his hair and let me tell you he's none too pleased about that
0: <laughs> i bet well you're gonna go up and you're gonna hear an earful about his hair oh, I'm yes. sure
1: Oh yes, <laughs> but that's well, you are gonna have here.
0: to give him like the premiere cut of his life. Well, and know? I keep
1: telling him, I was like, "Dadger," because we, you know, because we can Facetime or whatever. And I was like, dad, your yeah. hair's getting long." He's like, "I know." I was like, "Okay, okay." I'm a, when I come up there, that's the first thing I'll handle. So yeah, so, yeah <laughs> I love that. Live. We're super That's cool. awesome.
0: Well, tell us about your practice as well. I mean, I know you have a robust immigration
1: practice. Uh, so I've been practicing for over 20 years, like 22, maybe 23. I don't math. That's why I went to law school. It's like 22 or 23 years. But, um, I started my own firm a little over eight years ago and I have only ever practiced immigration right out of law school. I knew, I figured out when I was in law school that I wanted to practice immigration. I went in knowing, knowing that I was going to be a criminal lawyer. And I hated criminal law and I hated evidence. And I was lost for like a probably semester, semester and a half, because I just, I I knew I wanted to be a lawyer since I was seven. And so then to get to law school and like absolutely hate the two classes that I thought were like going to be these amazing classes, I was like, oh my God, like, what do I do now? And I took a break and i went to mexico over the summer and i took one class and it was immigration and i fell in love like wow it, it married everything i loved it was i could talk with people about their culture i could talk about travel i could talk about being in a different country and i could help people and i could explain a lot of them so i got back to school decided that i wanted to be in the immigration clinic which was a year long clinic but i was already signed up for a clinic that fall semester And so a good friend of mine, we were in our first, we were in our first year section together. We sat next together for Torch, which was our very first law school class. She was in the clinic and I said, how do I get in? So she did a little bit of snooping and sniffing around and she said, you have to get to know the professor. And I said, done. And then she said, and somebody has to drop out. I said, it'll happen. I'm not even worried about it. So I got to know the professor, I weaseled my way into his heart. And then she came and told me, Hey, someone's leaving. There's going to be an opening. So I rolled into his office and I said, Hey, and he goes, Hey girl, what are you doing? And I was like, I said, you have an opening in your clinic and I want it. And he's like, I do not have an opening. I said, you do, you just don't know about it yet. I said, <laughs> but I want it. And he's like, Carol, that's not how this works. And I was like, it's, it's how it's going to work today. Cause I want it. I said, this is what I want to do. And he's like, but that's not how this works. And I was like, it is. And you have an opening. And I'm gonna go now. I'm gonna give you time to think about this. <laughs> give you your space. <laughs> right. I'm gonna I'm just gonna let you think about this. Then I went back like the next day or the day after that. And I was like, so he's like, it's yours, Carol. It's yeah, like it's yours. <laughs> so honestly, he has been, and I and I say that because he has been my mentor and now my friend. Since literally that day, like he's been an amazing champion of my career. I've not made a career move without him. I got my first couple of jobs out of law school because of him. And so now that I have my own firm, there are things that I do today that are a direct result of the way that he taught me in that clinic for one semester and the way that he has supported me and taught me since. That's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah. He he and I, you know, I've met his wife. They're, you know, they're just amazing, like amazing, amazing advocates and coaches and mentors. He's amazing. So I really wouldn't have my firm or be confident in the way that I practice just in some of the mechanics and the logistics, if it weren't for what he taught us and well taught me in that semester. Cause you know, everybody else was there for the full year. And so, you know, so I have my own firm. I have only ever done immigration. I've never dabbled with anything else. I never envisioned being 20 years into a career in the law. Like I knew when I went to law school, I was going to be a criminal lawyer for maybe like 10 years. And then I was going to own a travel agency because I love to travel. Like I had this whole plan and it did not include practicing law for the rest of my life. Like day one of law school, I was like, I'm in this for like 10 years, y'all. Like This is okay. And then I just like, I hit 10 years and I was like, oh, whatever. I still like it. And then, and th- you know, and then the internet kind of blew up. And right. then the whole like travel agency thing, like there aren't as many. Right. And so I was like, "Huh. Eh, I like what I do. No, I actually love what I do. Eh, I'll stick with this and we'll see. I'm still here and I love it. I wow. you know. I it, you know, one of my attorneys, she recently left me. And I am, as I say, a thousand and ten percent happy for her and like 110% sad for me. Right. <laughs> I think it was an amazing move that she made. And she said to me, she said, so if you ever want a job where I'm going, I'm pretty sure they'll hire you because I just talked about you during my interview. <laughs> and I was
0: like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: That's pretty cool. You know,
0: it also tells me, I mean, you listen to you, what you learned from your mentor. And just since you and I've been on the phone, I mean, you have a mentee who's in the military and you have this person who you have worked with, who obviously thought of you in such a mentoring role. I mean, it's interesting, like you have a really strong mentor, mentee mentality around Who you are and how you show up in the world. I think it's fascinating.
1: I do. And you know, I think I got that from my parents, Mm. honestly. They both grew up in the segregated South. And so my brother and I grew up in, you know, they moved up to Connecticut. And so that's where my brother and I were born and raised. So my brother and I are like New Englanders, basically, like through and through. Right. But my parents are very, very southern. And so there was there were all these stories that we heard about their childhood experiences Mm -hmm. and what happened when they went to college. And I think when I sort of unpacked that all, it was a sense of family and a sense of community Mm -hmm. that got everybody through. And so whether that family and community were blood-related or not, they were people that you knew you could rely on and that knew only had your best interest at heart. And we're going to help you get to whatever that next phase was for you. And, uh, you know, they never said those words specifically to me, but when I think about everything that they've always told my brother and I, it was this big sense of community. And, you know, when my parents grew up around extended family, my brother and I didn't because my parents had moved up North And so, you know, we, I think as a family unit, we're even closer, right. right. Because it, because it was just us, you know, and so, you know, I always joke around, you know, I've got I'm a member of a, I'm a member of a sorority and those are my sisters, you know, right. and, and I love that because I didn't, I didn't grow up with biological sisters, right. you know, but there are women out there who want me to succeed. And I want them to succeed. And we push one another just as much as my biological brother pushes me, Right, you know, do well. And it's just, it's this sense of community that has been instilled in us since, since we were young. That's amazing. You know? And so, yeah, so I love kind of bringing people in, into that, you know, and I, and I told my friends, I'm like, listen, Once you enter my orbit, I don't let you go. (laughs) But that
0: is so powerful. I mean, you think about the deep relationships you develop in your orbit. I mean, Those relationships are life changing because they are so deep and meaningful. I mean, I can just hear it and feel it in what you do when you think about how you relate to your father. And I mean, something Mm -hmm. as intimate as cutting somebody's hair. I mean, that's a, you know, a pretty intimate act that, you know, he trusts you to do and really looks to you for. And I can only imagine like what this lawyer felt like working with you, you know, and how. And just listening to you see joy and positivity in her leaving. while well, of course it made you sad.
1: I don't mean so that sad, dim- So sad. Yeah. So sad. I
0: don't mean to diminish <laughs> the sadness
1: at so all. Sad. But you just, also knowing it was a good yeah. move for her. I think, but I think, I think it's a fantastic move for her. And like, I'm really like excited for her. And I, and I told her, I was like, listen, just because, just because we don't work together anymore, doesn't mean that that you can't call me if you have questions. Totally. You know, like, you know, if you've researched and you just can't figure it out, just call me. Like like I I I don't just drop off the face of the earth, you know? know? And she she was really stunned by that and I was like, I don't listen. I was like, I don't know who you're used to being around <laughs> <your own>, but <laughs> I do not work like that. <laughs>
0: So, oh, I just, wish just, we could spread me. that secret sauce everywhere, though. Yeah. Like when people are getting so angry at the people that leave in are you know, and I'm like, I mean, unless they're doing something horrible in yeah. the leaving, you know what I mean? But yeah, a lot of times it's a positive move, I think, for mm-hmm. people to be, yeah. you know, yeah. going someplace else, maybe trying a different area of the law, all kinds yeah. of different things. I mean, yeah. And I want to be that person that helps my people who are are leaving. And how can I support them in their next adventure, you know? And
1: I've always had, I would say the majority of supervisors that I've had, I still keep in touch with. Right. And they were always so supportive of my next move always so supportive of my next move. Even when my next move was to quit and not work and just to backpack around the world for a year. (laughs) Wow. Supervisor was, she was like, really Carol? And I was like, yeah, I just, I I, got to do it. And she's like, all right. And that is actually why I got hired by another, by another firm. When I got back, he said, he's like, we, I think it was maybe like, we were like a week or so in. And he said, you know, one of the major reasons I hired you was because you took a year off and you just traveled and you just, you did what you wanted to do. And I said, just remember that when I tell you I'm going on vacation, (laughs) right?" but yeah, you know, and we're like, he and I, we still talk like we're still, we still hang out and he's, you know, he's down here in Miami and you know, we hang out, you know, we you know, we go to lunch, we talk, we call one another, if we, you know, have questions about cases. And it's just it's just a great way, I think, to leave one role and move to the next role. Totally. You know, and and in a sense, you you bring those people with you and yep. you bring that encouragement and their knowledge and you just continue to share it out. Absolutely. You know? So, I mean, both sides of that equation
0: have to be kind of emotionally intelligent enough and secure enough to do that. I mean, I love hearing about backpacking around the world. You're going to have to tell us about that. I mean, where did you go? How did you determine? (laughs) Like how? I mean, how did you do? Give us all the details on that. You know, there's people
1: that are dying to do this. So one of my sorry sisters from undergrad, her best friend had gotten back from her round the world trip. And my sorry sister was telling me about her, her best friend's experience. And I was like, huh, kind of like that idea. Kind of like that idea a lot. So I kind of let it float, float in my head for a little bit. Then I went up to New Jersey. I saw my brother. And he would give me a set of keys like Friday night or Thursday night, whenever I got there. And I didn't really see him until Sunday, Sundays when we had brunch and then I'd get back on the train and go home. So Sunday over brunch, I was like, Hey, I have an idea. He's like, okay, what is it now? (laughs) And I was like, so I think I want to just take a year off and go backpacking. He's like, Oh, well, it's about time. I've been, I've been waiting for you to tell me this. And I was like, really? You have?" (laughs) And he's like, yes. And I was like, okay. Because prior to, prior to that, I had studied abroad in Spain and I had studied abroad in Mexico for law school for part of that summer during law school. And then I had gone back to Mexico every year after that and just traveled around and whatever. And so, and so he said, okay, yeah, that's, I don't, that's cool. So I kind of didn't believe him, but I kind of did. So the next weekend I showed up on his doorstep unannounced and he was like, Hey, and I was like, so I just need to see the whites of your eyes again. I just, I need to have this conversation all over again. And he's like, okay. And I was like, but we're not going to have it till Sunday. Cause I've already made plans with my other friends in the city. He's like, of course you have. <laughs> he's like, here are your keys. I will see you on Sunday. So we had a long conversation on Sunday over brunch. And I said, all right, I'm doing it. And then I, there was a map. There was a store at my very first job out of college or out of law school, rather, right as I got off the Metro, that all they sold was maps and globes. Uh-huh. And I'd never been in there before, but I was like, I need a big map Yeah, right out on the floor and some push pins. So I go into the city and I go there and I get a map and I firmly believe that everything happens for a reason. And I think the reason I noticed that story years before was because I was going on this trip. I just totally. did it at the time. So I get the map, I roll it out on the floor and I just put push pins in every, every city, every country I've ever heard of. Like it didn't matter how I'd heard of it. I just put, I just put the push pins in and it was, it was a couple of months of planning. I was saving for a house at the time. I just, my real estate agent called me and she had a house that was like $30,000 over what I wanted to spend. And I was like, we're not doing this. You're fired and goodbye. And then I was like, (laughs) right. I was like, you're fired and goodbye. And then I used my down payment money, added more to that. And then set a budget of $65 a day. And then I had a separate pot of money that would get me from country to country. And then I had a separate pot of money that I would use when I got back home. So the money that was for when I got back home, I didn't have access to it. Like, I don't care what emergency happened. There was no way that I could access it. So I didn't dip into it. So I, you know, put my stuff in storage and moved out of my apartment and quit my job and did all that. And then I went back up to Jersey with one back, one big backpack. It was like 50 kilos because that was the limit and a whole bunch of guidebooks. I left some of the guidebooks in my brother's in my brother's place because he was going to come visit me in Europe. And then I got on the plane from Newark. Wow. I got on a plane from Newark. I had my guidebooks for South America and I found a travel agent out of... San Francisco. I think they're in San Francisco. My memory is I know they're in California, but I think they were in San Francisco. And so their booking, their minimum booking was two continents, four cities. So my first booking was Newark to Ecuador and then Sao Paulo, Brazil up to London. Wow. And so I just knew that I was dropping in Ecuador on day one <laughs> and then by day whatever of my ticket, I had to be in Sao Paulo and I could do whatever I wanted in between there. And then my next set of tickets were, so I got to London. Then I did, then I had a year rail pass. So I year railed around Western Europe. Then from Western Europe, I got another set of tickets, which was... I called back to the travel agent and I was like, listen, I have a trip planned and I did this all by myself. I backpacked, but when I did Africa, that was the only piece I did on an organized tour group.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I called the travel agent. I was like, listen, I need to pick up the trip in Nairobi on X day, but I have a Eurorail pass. So it doesn't matter where I fly out of just, just oh, get right. me like a good ticket or whatever. And I'll just, you know, get myself to the airport. It doesn't matter which country. And he said, well, where are you now? And I said, it doesn't matter. I was like, I have a URL. Like truly, I said, it doesn't matter. He's like, okay, (laughs) Carol. So my next grouping of tickets was London to Nairobi and then Cape Town to New Zealand. Last ticket was New Zealand to... No, it was Australia to California and then the last half of that ticket would have been California to London again. But I just, I never used the last half of that ticket. And so I wound up doing South America and I went North to South and then over to Brazil. And then from Brazil, I was in London, stayed in London. My brother came to visit me in London. He had all of my guidebooks with, with like my European guidebooks, <sighs> with him and then he took all of my south american guidebooks all my gifts back with him and he's like what am i your international taxi service and i was yes like, yes exactly I, like I love you but yes that's exactly what you are and he's
0: like, i was thinking like flying cabana boy you know he's like they're just getting all the things making sure you
1: know, really his role was to be my parents eyes and ears
0: right. that's,
1: that's <laughs> really what his role was um yeah. So then I did Western Europe. And when I was in Spain, I had two friends come visit me in Spain back back to back, but separate trips. So they came to visit me in Spain and that was fun. And then went over to sub-Saharan Africa. So camped, like backpacked and camped. And by camp, I mean like pitching tents, like wow. all that good stuff. And like, we would buy all of our food. We'd store it in the truck. We'd cook it. So much fun. And then when I got over to New Zealand, the trip in Africa was about two months. So the woman that I shared a tent with the first half of that trip lived in New Zealand. The woman I shared a tent with the second half lived in Australia. So when I got to New Zealand and Australia, I would, I stayed with them for part of that, for part of my time there. Um, And really just got to see just sort of the everyday non-fuelessy stuff, which was very cool. Skipped the Great Barrier Reef. So I have to go back and do that. And instead I went over to the West coast of Australia. Cause that's where my friend was. And lots, wow. many tourists kind of skip that.
0: They do. Yeah. So
1: She is the reason I love wine. She really, she's like into wine and actually has worked in the wine industry now for years. We went on a couple of cellar door tours and she really broke it down and explained it to me. And I was like, Oh, Oh, I like this. Oh, I don't like that. That's, this is, oh, this is good. You know, so she really kind of helped me break that down. So we'll always love her for that. And then from there went to Fiji for a little bit. Oh, fun. Um, Then I ended in Bali, which was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. I got a driver in Bali whose name had been given to me, I don't know, by some traveler that I had met somewhere along the way. And he he spent like two weeks just kind of driving me around and seeing stuff. Um, I mean,
0: what did traveling alone like that? I mean, how did that make you grow? I mean, make you fearful? I can only imagine a I, range of
1: emotions. You know what? I had, I had already studied abroad in Spain. And even though I was in college, I didn't know anybody who was going to be on my trip. Oh, so I had already experienced getting on a plane right. and going to a foreign country and not knowing anybody right. and just having to just kind of make it work.
0: Right. Just and I had done this.
1: In. Yeah. I had done the same thing in Mexico. Like I got on the plane, I didn't know anybody and I just had to make it work. And so this was, it was bigger, certainly, really? but there, but I knew I could always just get on a plane and go home. Right. You know, so, so there wasn't, there was never a day where I felt stuck. There was never a day when I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was like, well, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to put some clothes on. I'm going to get my guidebook and I'm going to go see some stuff, you know? So I spent most days just walking around different cities and going to museums and botanical gardens and just relaxing, honestly, and meeting a ton of people. That's, and that's, that's the thing when you go by yourself, backpackers in general are really friendly folks. Oh yeah. Very super, super friendly. But when you go by yourself, you, you meet other people because you're not just talking with someone that you already know and you're already traveling with. So I met a ton of people, you know, I met a woman in Rotterdam. She was there for her father's funeral. Actually, she was helping do her father's funeral arrangements, but she lived in Zurich and she's like, well, well, when you hit Zurich, just email me and then you can stay at my place. There's no reason for you to, you know, like get a hostel and all that stuff. And I was like, sure. Like if you, if, listen, if I meet someone in LA or, you know, San Francisco or Philly, like I'm not staying at your house when I get to the, I'm not, no, we don't, that's, that's not an American thing. Like we just don't do that. (laughs) Right. But for some reason you put me in a foreign country and strap a backpack on, I'm like, sure. I'll stay at your place. (laughs) I and, do think
0: it's kind of a Southern thing though. I mean, I do think in the South, we tend to be much more, yeah. um, people you'll invite people over more mm-hmm. though dinner. I find it's not as much about, you know, staying, yeah. but I mean, here in Washington, no, you would not do that. Like you yeah, would not go know. stay randomly with somebody. Never. People would think you're a little
1: nutty, you know? <laughs> like but yeah. As a, but, but as a backpacker, it is, it is a hundred percent. I love that. That is and amazing. So, yeah. I I did I did that quite a bit.
0: The Guild is an insanely productive community of lawyer entrepreneurs with a growth mindset who share their collective genius and hold each other accountable to take their careers and businesses to the next level. But in 2021, we are upping the game. In addition to exclusive access to the group, FaceTime with the two of us, discounted pricing for live events, and front seat exposure to live recording and podcasts and video, we are mapping out for members the exact growth playbook with our new program, Maximum
1: Lawyer in Minimum Time. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer in Minimum
0: Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com. Did you like journal about this or what have you, what did oh, you yeah. do to kind of really capture? I mean, that's a
1: year of your life. That's profound. I have volumes of journals. That's awesome. Volumes of journals. Like I knew, I knew I would need journals. So I thought <laughs> at the beginning before I left, I thought, well, I'll take two journals with me, like small, like small journals. And I'll leave two with my brother and that should be plenty, whatever like whatever. So I, you know, and I would, I just dip into like, you know, stores here and there and I'd buy something or, you know, whatever, but yeah, I I still have them and I I still think they're amazing. And some days I read them and I'm like, gosh, did I really just quit my very nice big firm job and strap on a backpack? (laughs) I, I did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did like, you know, but it just, it just, it, to me, it just seems so normal at the time.
0: Well, it's so powerful. I mean, it is such a unique yet powerful thing to yeah. do, I think, in your yeah. career. And I would think it has helped you with your
1: immigration practice immensely. It is one of the things that I can point to that helps me build rapport with my clients. Oh, yeah. In some cases, I know the cities where they're coming from. Where right. I know the cities where they've got to go to the consulate. I had to go into a couple of U.S. consulates along the way for stuff. I also had to get my own visas along right. the way to get into other countries. And I remember one visa. I remember when I was getting my visa for Brazil? He like I, he gave me. They gave me the application. It was in Portuguese, and I was like, "All, all right, I don't get this, but that's fine. I'll just, I'll just kind of." sort my way through it. Like I knew enough <laughs> Spanish, right? And so he's like, half of these questions are blank, ma'am. And I was like, okay, first of all, you speak English. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I was like, second of all, the I was chance, like, you gave like- the application in Portuguese. He's like, well, why didn't you say something? I was like, I'm not trying to rock the boat. Cause I, I had spent years telling my client, like exactly. don't like that is not the place to make a stand. That's not the place to rock the boat. Like you just you just work with it, right? And he's like, well, we have it in English. And I was like, are you really going to make me fill this whole thing out again? He's like, no. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) And then he he said to me, he's like, okay, so you know what day you're leaving Brazil, but you don't know what day you want to enter. And I said, well, I'll enter whenever you give me the visa. And I literally, I literally just had this out of body experience. And I was like, I was literally like watching this whole interaction. And I was like, you tell your clients everything day not to do this nonsense every day you tell your clients don't you dare get a plane ticket you don't have the visa in hand because if the visa gets denied like yeah like everything that I would tell him and here I was I was like well no like I don't like whenever you give me the visa that's he goes but what if I don't give you the visa I said then I guess I gotta get a new plane ticket and all this stuff and he just looked at me and he goes what are you doing and I was like well I'm backpacking I was like, I was like, literally, I've I've turned my brain off. I am just backpacking. I was like, see, I got my guide. You know, I showed him my guidebook, right. and he's like, okay, he's like approved. Just, just go. <laughs> like <laughs> he's sitting there, was just like, I can't. He's I like, there's no way you're up to anything crazy, like. And I was like, I was like, no, I just, I literally have just turned my brain off for a year. <laughs> that's that. That's that's what you're saying here, and he's like. Okay. But I lit. I mean, literally like I tell my clients like, no, you cannot end your apartment lease. You cannot quit your job. You cannot give notice. You cannot whisper to your best friend at work. Nothing. Like every day is normal. And here I am like, I don't know what day, ha- I don't know. I don't know. Of course I heard have my plane ticket. And he just looked at me like, but I kn- but not one time. Not one second did I think he's not going to give me this visa, right? (laughs) You know, and he—he certainly, he certainly could have said, "Ma'am, no, no." (laughs) (laughs) But, but the universe knew that I had to get to London, (laughs) right? Exactly, (laughs) because my brother was going to be there, and I your guidebooks, (laughs) right? Like he had my guidebooks. And I was on $65 a day and to not get the visa would have totally destroyed my budget. So I was like, no, it's just going to (laughs) happen. I, uh, I love that. I just think it's the most
0: amazing. I just can't imagine. It's so powerful to me and brave. I mean, I, I've never imagined traveling solo like that. I can't even picture what that would look like.
1: It was so amazing, but so relaxing the whole time. And I'm, I am super, super type A. I'm super type A, but I think even, even in my type A-ness, I had planned to just be flexible. Right. You know, I had just planned to be flexible and I knew that there were going to be locations where I was going to have to be like, Really, really flexible. But, you know, like when they said, Well, you know, and I was like there are some countries and I was like, Well, I want to go to this city just for the day and then come back. And like, how do I do that? And the, you know, the folks at the house would be like, Okay, well, you go and you walk down maybe a block, maybe two, maybe three. You'll see a bus, flag yeah. it down, and they'll take you there. And I was like, um, is there a bus station? <laughs> Stop. And they're like, no, no, you just, you just, you just go a little bit down the road and you'll, you'll, you'll see a bus. And I was like, okay. And the first time I did it, I was like, man, my mother gave me such very clear instructions. She was like, if you come back in a body bag, she was like, I will bring you back. I will yell at you. She said, I will kill you. And then I will send you back from wherever you came from. Like her instructions were so very, very clear. And I thought, well, this, this whole, like maybe two, maybe three blocks thing, it's just going to have to work. And towards the end of my stay, like in South America, I was like, I, like I was telling other backpackers, I was like, I know it sounds bizarre, but you just kind of have to start walking in this general direction. Cause that's the general direction of where you're trying to go. And a bus will come by and then you pay, I was like, you get on at the back of the bus and then you pass your money forward. And they were like, what? I was like, I know it sounds crazy. You pass your money forward and then your change comes back. No way. I swear to you. And the first time I was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to bring small Change coins, whatever. Because <laughs> in the US, that change is not coming back. It's not, coming back. That that makes, not coming back. People will be like, cool, I got myself a little. Right. Money I'm telling for you, a, a in South America, that, that change comes back exact. Amazing. And I was just like, I know this is just going to defy everything you've ever thought, but it works. And you'll get there and you'll have a very good time. And then you'll just do the same thing coming back. And they are like, all right. And I was like, trust me, I swear to you, it works.
0: That is wild. I mean, but you have to be very flexible. I mean, very yeah. trusting. I, I just had planned on uh, it. Though. Yeah, yeah, of course. As a type A
1: person, you had planned on your flexibility. I had to plan to be flexible. And that, but that's oh. the thing. Like I just, I had to plan on it. I just, I had to say to myself, you just have to be flexible. You just, and, and, you, and part of it was that I had spent a significant amount of time in Mexico where I had to be flexible, you know, where it was just, it's just a different, it's a different culture, it's a different atmosphere. And people are not as uptight and crazy and like gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, as they are here in the States. And so, you know, when some when I say, well, where's the best station? They're like, oh honey, that is so cute. That is so cute. We don't work like that. We don't work like that. (laughs) Or, you know, you get to a bus station or a bus stop like in the states like you're used to being like okay and so the next bus comes at 4:15 and da, da, da. no no it comes it comes around there and i realized why it was so like around is because there were maybe like five approved stops five official stops right oh, but if but they saw somebody like like me like well, on the way <laughs> They would stop. They would pick you up. They would ask you where you were going. They would make sure that you were on the right bus. The guy that took the money would tell the bus driver, hey, we just got to kind of swing by and drop her off here. But that but that wasn't just for me. It was for anybody, you know, wow. and so that gets back to this sense of community right? where like if we see someone like we're just, you know, and they hail us down, like we're not just going to blow by them because in the States you just get blown by.
0: Well, people like are running after buses in the States. I mean, you know what I mean? And drivers see them and leave.
1: Yeah. But no, no, this is, this is, Oh uh, my gosh. And, you know, and then I took some overnight buses with chickens and dogs and other sort of animals. And, you know, I remember this one stop, we, we were on some dirt road in the middle of the night and. He just stopped, got out, went to his friend's house, came back, you know, hanging out. Was like, What are we doing? Nobody got on. Nobody got off. I guess he just needed to go and check on a friend. I was like, what Because, Because my thing is, I'm not in a hurry. Like, where am I going? Well, right. Like the museum's going to be there. My hostel knows how this all works. So when I, you know, so when I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to get on the 415 bus. They're like, mm, okay, we'll see you at midnight. That's like midnight. It a ride's only two hours. They're like, mm, we'll see you when you get here. Don't worry. You know, so I was like, all right, got
0: this, got this cover. Wow. <laughs> I mean, coming back though, to the United States had to have been a bit of a shock because it is, <laughs> that is
1: not how we roll. So. I left a bunch of my stuff, like all up and down the the East coast. (laughs) Like like there was some stuff at my brother's house. There was stuff. So some, I think my, my professor and his wife had my computer and my printer and like my parents had some stuff. And so, you know, I left just various stuff. And so, you know, I finally like went because I flew into California, then I traversed the country after I stayed with two different friends in California, right. Finally got over to the East coast. And I you know, was like picking up all my stuff, going down the coast or whatever. And I was like, my God, you just have a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so I landed in Miami. That's where my job was. Or, you know, I wound up getting a job in Miami. I landed in Miami and I had spent a little over a year living in hostels. And so I call, I, again, I call my brother and he was like, why do you have a two bedroom, two bath apartment? And I was like, hold on, hold on. I said, I have spent the last year and some change of my life living in hostels and bunk beds, you know, and being, being in a double was a luxury. Right. And I said, I'm only doing this for a year, but I need this space. Like I just physically and emotionally need this space. And he was like, okay, that I get But I remember unpacking my clothes, you know, clothes that I hadn't seen for a year because I had one backpack of stuff (laughs) and not a whole lot of clothes were in there. Right. (laughs) And I remember unpacking and there were tags still on things, things that I hadn't worn well before I left. And I just thought this is this is excess. I understood from an academic perspective right. when other countries would say the U.S. is just all about excess and there's really no need for all that. I didn't understand it from my very own personal perspective right. until I unpacked my closet. Yep. And I was like, wow, because I have just spent the best year of my life, the happiest I have ever been. And I, I, I wasn't unhappy when I went on my trip. I was not unhappy at all. I was 100% happy. But the best year of my life... With quite literally three shirts to my backpack, (laughs) you know, and I have an entire closet full of stuff that I just don't need. And then of course I looked at the fact that I had two bedrooms, two bathrooms, I was living by myself and it was just so extra. And then the other place that really kicked in for me when I got back was when I went out to eat. Mm. The portion sizes were outrageous, 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 outrageous compared to what I had just been getting around the world, like quite literally around. Like nobody had portion sizes the way that we do at that point. Nobody. And I lost so much weight. Like I bought this, I bought one new pair of pants from Old Navy, which I loved. My God, I loved them. (laughs) I loved. And by the time I got back, I could take those pants on and off without unbuttoning them and without unzipping them. I had lost that much weight and it was, I was not dieting. I was not trying to lose weight, but I was walking every day right. and the portion sizes were smaller. Like I remember the first two months I went to bed hungry thinking about breakfast because just the portion sizes, I was like, what is this? Like who, like, are y'all hungry? <laughs> I'm <Like, you're> hungry. <laughs> And I was like, y'all, like I can't hang out. Like, I gotta go to bed. Like I I am hungry and I'm on a $65 a day budget. So oh, we're gonna get, get to, get to another, tomorrow. Right. Like if I get another entree today, like that cuts into my tomorrow money. That's not okay. I was like, well, so I gotta go to bed. Like I just I gotta go to bed. I
0: love that. What an amazing opportunity. I mean, oh, I just I could listen to your trip around the world forever. I mean, that is just, oh, it's wild. I'm so grateful that you shared that with us. I just,
1: fun.
0: I think so many people, don't you think now post pandemic, people are going to do some things? Like we're going to see people who, you know, are kind of feeling stir crazy and wanting to get out. I hope so.
1: I think and I hope that we as a country and as a world reevaluate what we really find to be important. I do too. It's exactly what I know. And it's not for me, it's not sort of the work like 24 seven. And yes, I, I absolutely work a lot. Like we all work a lot, but I really hope that we, Really evaluate what's important, and you know, and you know, in our last week of life, will yeah. we have a backpacking trip to look back on? Will we have like the amazing views behind you yeah. to look back on and say, you know what? I just want to do something different. Totally, yeah. You know? And I, I think I, I really hope, as a working country, that we reevaluate. How we perceive all of our professions, yep. because our our first line workers, those folks that worked in grocery stores, those men and women who are commercial truck drivers, yep. they kept us afloat absolutely during, you know during the majority of last year, and you know our teachers and our firefighters, they were essentially in harm's way every day, every single day. And I don't think before this, people really understood that and had an appreciation for it. Right. And I, I I hope, I hope we do now, but yeah. And I, you know, and I just, I hope people really think about what they want to do for themselves because it's okay to be a little bit selfish. It's okay to take vacation. You know, it is, it's okay to quit your job and go around the world for a year. Exactly. Like, like the world doesn't end. Families don't crumble, you know, Right. And, and it all works out and you become something different than when you left, you know, like I had this That's whole so epiphany, I had this whole epiphany when I was in Italy, when my brother hears this, he'll totally laugh at me, but I was like, wow, like I am really usually like uber hyper and very type A normally. And I think it was just because I was so relaxed right. when I got to Italy. And I was like, wow, I am really wound up tight normally. And now I'm just not as, I am still very type A. I will probably always sure. be type A, right? But I'm not nearly as wound up as I was prior to that trip. And I think some of my, like, I have one client in particular, like, he, I was like, well, Carol, I'm super worried about this. I'm super worried about this. What are we going to do? And what are we going to do? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, don't worry until I tell you you have something to worry about. I said, but I'm not worried. And he's like, well, how are you not worried? And we have this and this. And I was like, I, I get it. I, I, we have all of that to deal with. I said, but I have a plan. Right. I said, I have a plan. And I'm just, I, I, you just, you just got to work the plan with me. You just got to work the plan with me. And he's like, okay, he's like, he's like, I always feel better when I talk to you. I said, I know. And then you go back and you start Googling and he goes, I know. And you tell me not to Google, but I do it anyway. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. But I oh, bring that, <laughs> But I just, I bring that calmness with me now. Right. You know, and, and I can tell them, you know, listen, like I've been to us consulates overseas. Right. It is, it is an incredibly intimidating process to just get into the building You are met with armed Marines. I was gonna say you have a
0: lot of Marines looking. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they are crisp and tight and packing all sorts of weapons that you can see. So I figure there are probably like 20 that I can't see, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then you're like, you're like, I have this little piece of paper and I'm really nervous, just getting in the building. You know, but like, but and I tell them I was like, that's what you're going to experience. I said, they're not gonna point their weapon at you. Right. You're, you'll be OK. I said, I just need you to understand the process of getting into the building.
0: Exactly. You well, know, just getting over that. I mean, being able to. Right. I feel for people all the time trying to go to government buildings and navigate things. It's oh, like, oh, my gosh, do we have rough. to make this so complicated?
1: Like, rough. like <laughs> I joked around like when I was living in Atlanta and I was in the, the local office, the local immigration office quite a bit. Every single time I would get stopped every single time that metal detector would, something would go off. And yeah. they're like, it's probably your shoes. And I was like, but these are my favorite comfy shoes. And they're like, they're like, we're just telling you it's probably your shoes. So I would make a joke of it. I was like, okay. I was like, you guys, you know, I'd, you know, bring my arms out and they're like, put your arms down. I'm like that doesn't happen to get on the other side of the, you know, metal detector. And I was like, okay. And they're like, all right, you went off, put your arms up. You know? And I was like, listen, I was like, you guys, when I find that one outfit, from head to toe that doesn't go off. I was like, I'm wearing that every single time I come in here. I found
0: one. I found one that could get through the court here in King County without and I was just like, this is my super girl out. I can get into any building. No,
1: no, nothing that like, like when I'm standing there with my client and they're like so nervous, (laughs) they're so wound up, you know, they look at me and they're like, my lawyer is a class clown. And I was like, I am. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I I am your class clown, but you're relaxed and you're laughing and that's what I need. So if I need to be the class clown going through security to get you to just, you know, calm down a little bit, yep. Bring on the class clown.
0: Right. Exactly, (laughs)
1: Absolutely. I think the class clown counts for a lot. Yeah. And they're just like, and they like, you know, it's like they relax and the guards are like, really a counselor because i like i know that i need my id like i know this but i'm always like digging in my bag i'm like oh Oh, guys and one day i think i had like a charger and they're like counselor what what it why and i was like oh i'm not supposed to have this (laughs) they're like no no and i was like well can i just go put it in the car i was like, but then do i have to wait in this long line they're like counselor i was like okay i'll be back (laughs) I'll be back, <laughs> you know. And then I go through the gate, and I was like, "All right now." I was like, "Now the y'all made me strip down, basically nothing." And they're like, counsel, really?" And I was like, "I'm just saying." I was like, "Half my clothes are in this bin," you know. but oh, it's time, a process, it you know. But my process. clients are just like, "I, hey, yeah," you know. <laughs> you know, and they're, but they're so busy shaking their head at me, they're exactly. they've ceased to worry, and I'm like, "That's all, that's all I need. That's it's all." And the, and the guards just look at me like. You're a hot mess, girl. You're a hot mess. And I'm like, I am who I am. It is what it is. I am who I am. And
0: I really appreciate you being with me today. It's I cannot working. tell you how much I have enjoyed this. Oh, I just love it. <laughs> well, we're going to have to just get on our own Zoom sometime. I know, right? About. Oh, yeah, for sure. We got a lot to chat about. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I, of course, get to go back to work with my banging and we'll see how it goes. But hopefully but everyone you- else will be as gracious as you but you have that view behind you. So, I and mean, that is my peaceful, right? my peaceful. Oh, it's amazing.
1: I yeah. love your pictures on Facebook. Those are awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, you have a wonderful rest of your day and enjoy your week. All right? You too, my dear. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Mom podcast, a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. See you next time.